everybody. My name is Joe Shelton and I'm a singer, songwriter, music producer, and recording artist from Indianapolis, Indiana. Over the last year, I've stepped out and performed music on over 200 stages. Along the way though, I met a lot of great people that I didn't expect to. They were inspiring artists and songwriters and musicians. And I want to share all of that inspiration with you. So that's what this show is about. Moonshine equals love. Shine and love on the music. Moonshine and music starts now. Welcome to Moonshine of Music. Chris Wolf. it is a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Um, so, uh, you know, we have a lot of ground to cover today because we have to step all the way back into the past to the time of Chris Wolf's origination. That way back. That's pretty, pretty uh, uh, far back. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? I'm right here in Indy. Grew up on the west side. Yeah? Yeah. My mom still lives in the house I was raised in. Is that like the Speedway area or? It's called Farley. It's. Um, 10th and 465 yeah on the west side yeah so it was 465 there at the time yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was there <laughs> you said it was way back so i you know thought i'd dig in a little bit it, it it is way back i don't know when did they put 465 i was a kid so i didn't really pay attention i don't know <laughs> it's always been there as far as i know as far as i can remember <laughs> um so uh, what, what schools did you go to growing up? Did you uh, grade school, St. Chris and Speedway. Yeah? Yep, recovering Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> so high school was? Ben Davis. Ben Davis, so you were a giant? I was a giant, yes. Are you still a giant or is that uh, no. just a rumor? I, I li <laughs> <laughs> no, I live in Mooresville now. Yeah? So uh, did you, uh, uh, what did your parents do growing up? Were they? Uh, my dad was a fireman uh, in Indianapolis Fire Department, and um, he was um, the president for the firefighters local here in Indy, local 416 for a while. Uh, my mom worked at the airport back when it was Weircook Airport. Right. And then um, raised, the, raised us and then went back to work at the Indianapolis Star and uh, as a secretary for the managing editor and she retired there yeah. oh wow and so she still she still lives in on the west side in that house i grew up in and i've seen some of her artwork at square cat with the guitar yeah yeah she's, she's a great she artist yeah yeah so did you get your art artistic side from your mother or i think so yeah yeah i think so that's that's my dad always claimed he didn't know where where i got it because he didn't have anything to give me <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm handy too. Um, I'm a carpenter, and and he couldn't he couldn't turn a screwdriver. Oh, so what what all do you build? Do you, did that come along when you were an adult? You I'm retired working? now, but um, I was a commercial carpenter for 33 years. Built um, metal stud framing, drywall, acoustic ceilings. 
Yeah, and you and I, from what I remember, uh, you built your own house. I did. Yes, twice. What what what's that like? It's like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I built I built it in 1984. I built a three bedroom ranch style house, and it took a little over a year. And I said I will never do this again. And then in 1997, I tore the roof off and made it a Cape Cod. And about three weeks in, I said, wait a minute, I wasn't going to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so those, those plans went awry. They did. I, yeah, so I, I, you know, I did it. Um, in fact, um, we built it um, just enough to close it in, and then, then it sat unfinished upstairs for a long time. Uh, it, was, it was a dumb move. Now all my kids have moved out and we got this giant house that I don't have any use for. <laughs> so uh, you um, started playing music at what age? I got my first guitar the day after my first wife and I got married. And she, she maintained that this is not the guy I married because <laughs> I didn't play music. That would have been um, 82. 1982? Yeah, so I'd been 31. So that's kind of late to start playing. Did uh, uh, you never played any other instruments, or? No, I did not. Yeah. No, and my brother. My my brother was the, is the talented one. And he was like, he had to be, sixteen or seventeen. And I would go visit my mom, and and he played guitar and I said show me something he'd show me how to play walk this way or sunshine of your love and got me hooked I see yeah. so you, have you always been a big mu music buff did that happen before, <clears throat> I mean before you learned to play yeah yeah I, I, all through high school yeah I was a rock guy you know yeah I mean we were talking a little bit before we started filming that you love uh, Ario Speedwagon and uh, Ario was a, a big one. Um, Alice Cooper was like my favorite. Alice Cooper. Yeah. Then uh, that's that's like a great stage show. There. Oh, it is. You know, and he's I, still killing it out there. Yeah. We I saw mean, him three times in the last two years. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, he played um, Mural Theater twice, and then once he was at Deer Creek with um, Deep Purple and Edgar Winter. That wow. was a show. <laughs> that sounds like a show. I mean, the the thing about him that I always just found fascinating was how great the stage show was. Yeah. I mean, you might have, you know, uh, nothing against the music at all. It's just the the stage show is like, you know, one of the uh, most legendary yeah. of. Yeah, it is. <laughs> of any. And, and he has the best musicians behind him. I'm t I mean, have have you seen his? his act lately no he's got Nita Strauss I mean I saw them uh, I, I saw I think it was probably 87 88 something like mm -hmm. that when I saw them um, and it was just well, spectacular he's 74 years old I think yeah killing it so and jumping you know, up on the monitors with his sword and and all that and snake yeah. and everything yeah I, the, I, I saw uh, Bob Seger last year um, and I hadn't seen him like almost exactly uh, 30 years earlier 
uh, at Market Square Arena. Oh, wow. And then I saw, it, I mean, it was like to the date, and I've only seen him twice. And he was 72, and it was just amazing to me that he was 70. And all of his band members, except for the lead guitar player, was all, were old guys. You know, the old guys that had been there forever. Yeah, of course, yeah. the lead guitar player passed away, and they got this new guy who was just incredible. And um, But the thing I was thinking about that was, can you imagine going to audition for that? <laughs> You're like going to audition to be in Bob Seger's Silver Bullet Band yeah. to, to tour. I mean, <laughs> there's a there's a documentary out on Netflix called um, Hired Guns, uh -huh. and it's about all the side musicians that work for people like Alice Cooper and and uh, I mean, I think Hollow Notes is and, and it's all these different acts that uh, these people they hire to be the the traveling musicians and it's a really interesting look at that life hmm that's interesting i might have to check check that out because i, I always love those little documentaries like i recently was watching uh ed sheeran's songwriter just came out i've not seen and um you know uh, ed's one of the new pop stars you know yeah. but he had uh he had this guy follow him around with a camera as they were writing all the songs for his newest album. And it was just fascinating to watch. I mean, they were like uh, at one point on a, a cruise ship because the guy who was producing the record was afraid to fly and they needed to go to England. So like they get on a, a ship to go across the ocean and like wow. they've got this suite rigged out with, you know, Pro Tools and, and the whole nine and they're in there writing songs and working them all the way across. Nice. <laughs> it was just, you know, and there were several other things that they did as they were writing, but it was just a really interesting, you know, documentary. Yeah. I love those things. So, um, but when you were, uh, when did you start writing? Was it shortly after you learned playing, or? Um, um, no, I, I played for a couple of years before I started writing. Um, I, I this, my first song I ever wrote. Um, I'd always tell the story, um, I was watching SCTV, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, with John Candy. Yeah, with John Candy, and he came out with a bolo tie and a western shirt and a cowboy hat and a guitar, and he said, if you want to write a hit country song, you got to write about critters, because folks like songs about critters. <laughs> and that was the best songwriting advice I'd gotten up to that point. So I wrote my first song, I call it the Critter Song. <laughs> I don't think I've heard the Critter song. Really? I need, I need to hear that one. I'll have to go find Is it on a record? Um, yeah, it's on the, I think it's on both my records. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, Better Be Scared uh, and The Wolf. God, why haven't I, that one didn't, I guess, that one didn't uh, click with me or I didn't yeah, remember. Yeah, uh, John Boyer and Junkbox Mike play on it, on the, on the uh, Wolfman. On the Wolfman, uh, you know, I, I guess because I, you know, your songs are so unique and I think that's the thing about you that people, um, you know, really remember. I mean, it's not just that they're comedy songs or whatever. They're just really unique angles on well, the comedy, you know? Thanks. Uh, what I lack in talent, I make up for with shtick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the first time that I, um, I saw you play, you played Beater with a Heater. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just sold. I mean, that just uh, really <laughs> struck home with me. I, when I was uh, based on a true story <laughs> well I, I had that same kind of story um, when I was uh, you know just had kids I was dead broke and I had this I bought this old station wagon for like $500 or something and the first day that I had it I uh, it was winter time and I got to where I was going and I turned off the key and the heater kept running 
<laughs> so that like drove me right in it when you when that song was like <laughs> yes i used to have a beater with a heater yeah. but the damn heater couldn't be turned off even when you turned off the car you know <laughs> wow <laughs> So, you know, so I thought that was, I think that's uh, you know a unique thing. I'm, uh, do you um, it, when you, when you're sitting out to write them? Is it just that you have a thought? Because I, I mean, when I write songs, it's generally about something that's really affecting me in a feeling way. Um, and you know, your songs are you know they're fun, a lot of them. But does, is it something yeah, that comes up that you feel like it's funny? Not like I set out to 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 write them funny. They just come out funny. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't say, oh, let's write a funny song about this. I just start writing it, and it becomes a funny song. Well, sometimes I have a funny premise, but Beater with the Heater was just about my, my son's car that, <laughs> that um, he had me help him find a car on Craigslist, and, and it was a Beater, and he had to sell it like less than a year later because <laughs> it was costing him too much money. But, I got a song out of it. Yeah, the, the song's worth whatever the, whatever the cost was. <laughs> so, I mean, because a lot of people talk about this and I have to, um, you know, people will shoot me if I don't ask questions about poop on the moon. Um, I mean... Now, see, that was... <laughs> where, where do we where do we get, where do we begin with that kind of a, with that tune? I, I, I just read an article that said we and I think the headline is uh, there's poop on the moon and I was like awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of it if I didn't read it. You know? <laughs> so it had to actually happen for you to yeah. That one did yeah yeah I didn't come up with that one on my own. Uh, how about spotless the invisible dog? That that came from a little <laughs> joke that I kind of was toying with that I said I can't um, well it came from the another joke where you know how people get tattoos of like barbed wire around their arm uh-huh well I'm not that aggressive I got invisible fence <laughs> <laughs> and that turned into I can't afford invisible fence so I'll get an invisible dog <laughs> and, and years later um, I heard uh, Stephen Wright has a joke using an invisible dog. Uh, and I'm like, I hope people don't think I stole that from him. Well, maybe he stole it from you. Maybe he was nah, at a Chris Wolf I show. I don't think so. You never know who's back in the back no, of the crowd. He, he came out with his, his uh, stand-up act way before that song ever was thought of. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's a couple other invisible dogs out there too. One called... Uh, uh, some woman sings it. I forget. Flees my invisible dog or something. So do do like people bring things to you like that? When you know? Well, yeah, come? you know how it is. People go, oh, you know, they'll they'll see something goofy and Chris, you should write a song about the diaper on the sidewalk. <laughs> Whatever, you know. I hear a song. <laughs> it doesn't work like that though. I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't ever sit down to write a song with nothing in my head. You know, I know a lot of people write, just write and write, and I don't really do that. I mean, something has to spark me and then go. Oh, okay, then I start it. You know, I don't. I don't go. Okay, I'm gonna write a song today and then go. What can I write about? Poop on the moon. No, I don't do that. You know, <laughs> it's it's it has to hit me. I see. 
I, you know, I, I, I you know, curiosities, uh, uh, you know, from one artist to another. When you play shows and things, I mean, I know that you're connecting with the audience a lot because of you know people come up. I, I mean, I've seen them after you've played. They just go. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. I love to the, the, hear the, like, the story. That story made me laugh. Yeah. Um, you know, does that, uh, does that weigh into where you go with the next song? Do you feel like... A lot you know, of times, yeah, and, and um, I've, I've become known as the, the guy with the funny songs, you know. And that can work against you in several ways. One is, you know, I have serious songs, but... It, they don't stick with people, you know. They 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 hear the funny songs and then they associate that with me. But um, the other thing is, is when you do like novelty songs, it's like telling a joke. You can only tell a joke so many times. You get the punchline. After the third time, you're like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before, you know. So so the funny songs are like. Oh yeah, about the Invisible Dog. Yeah, I've heard that one. You can listen to, you know, 157 Riverside Avenue over and over, <laughs> but 400 million times. But, right. but you can't. You can't. I mean, it, it loses some. You know, the surprise factor of, of a comedy song, the twist, and to people that have never heard it, they're like, you know, the twist gets them. But then after a while, the twist is gone because they they know the punchline or or they know the twist and. Yeah, you know so, so it's sort of like a, you know, you get like a fast flash of it and then it's, it kind of whittles away. Right, right. Whereas like something like, you know, as you said, uh, one of the really yeah. all-time popular songs, like, I don't know, Against the Wind or... Stairway what, to Heaven or whatever. Stairway to Heaven, right. That, like, it's, like a, a, it's like it burns on and on and on because it doesn't have that like flash effect at right. all as part of the way that it, you know, strikes exactly. you. Exactly, right. Um, so, so, so there's that and then... Like I said, I do have serious songs, but they don't. It's not nobody takes it seriously. <laughs> They're all waiting for a punchline, you know. Wait, well, when's he gonna? When's he gonna? Yeah. Break, yeah. When's, where's the <laughs> twist? <laughs> I, I heard you do a serious song once at, at Square Cat, um, at the open mic, and I mean, it was it was a good song. I didn't. Uh, I, it, it, but it doesn't. It didn't stick with me the same yeah. way that, like, you know, <laughs> Spotless, the Invisible Dog, you know. I mean, I actually, you know, you say it only two or three times, but I think I've heard you play that like five times, and I still giggle every time. Yeah. At certain parts well, of it. Hey. <laughs> well, the, the, thing that I, the, the thing that makes a really good comedy thing to me, whether it's a song or a movie or whatever, is when there's so many parts to it that, like, on first glance, you're laughing at something, and you completely miss, like, the next three things. Yeah. And then, like, the second time through, you're not laughing at that first one because you already heard it and then the next one happens and you're like I didn't know that was in there that's hilarious you know like the next thing happens yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I, uh, that's the way I feel with like a couple of your songs like that happens and that's when I think that you really have a good one uh, is when like you know I can listen to it five times and find something new in it each time cool. because it's you know it's like the things that you didn't hear because yeah. you were laughing or you were like you know like you're so hung up on it I mean I know I get that way about anything comical like I'll get hung up on the one thing and not even hear like the next five minutes of the because <laughs> I was just laughing, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was. I had a lot of influence when I was younger. I told you like Alice Cooper, and and he gave me like the dark approach to life. But then I was also listening to like the Smothers Brothers and Jim Stafford and Ray Stevens and oh, I love Ray Stevens, the comedy guys, yeah. and so that kind of gave me the 
and then you know later on um, like Arlo Guthrie and and Todd Snyder and and even John Prine I mean he's got some hilarious stuff well, I mean, he was like co-writer on the Never Even Called My Name, right? Uh, with Steve Goodman. Oh, I don't, um, I don't know that. Yeah, he was like an uncredited co-writer. I of didn't that know song. that. And um, the, uh, the that that was like the when I, when I found that out, it, it made a lot of sense to me because there's certain lines in there that are just so John Prine, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just a uh, an interesting. Um, Jerry Reed was another one. Oh, I love Jerry. I mean, Jerry, you just you just stepped in. You know, I love Jerry Reed as much as I love Ario Speedwagon. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, uh, you know, he was in Smokey and the Bandit. Son. And, uh, <laughs> he was Cletus, Cletus Snow, the Snowman. And yeah. My. Um, he can I, pick, I, man. He can. Oh my God, he, he can play. And in the soundtrack to Smokey and the Bandit, he just pretty much nails it like but across the board. You know, like Chet Atkins recorded a bunch of his songs. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I love the uh, video on YouTube of uh, Chet and Jerry doing the claw together. Have you seen that? Yeah, the breakdown. Yeah. The things he's had on Chet's. Yeah, yeah. It's just so good to watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the, the uh, when I uh, one of the things I think about Jerry Reed is he was kind of a precursor to rap music in some ways too, like some of his song like Amos Moses. It's almost like a hip hop song, but played mm. with banjos. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, you know, because it's like so fast and rapid and like there's just one thing after another, like kind of like yeah. a, a good hip hop song. Um, and then you know, then his amazing amount of picking ability, just with any kind yeah. of guitar style. And <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably you know. my favorite finger picker. Well, Leo Kotke's right up there too. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Leo's the one that got me to throw away my flat pick and start using my right hand, using my fingers. I saw Leo Kotke. I was playing John Prine and Neil Young stuff, you know. And then I, I heard Leo Kotke and I was like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so I, I couldn't, you can't just go from John Prine to Leo Kotke. So <laughs> I got um, a book at the, at the library called The Art of Ragtime Guitar. It's a great book and it's got like six ragtime finger picking songs. And that's what saw, got me started. I saw you talking about ragtime online the other day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's uh, that was what the basis of that was. You had this book, and they kind of. Well, I was trying to become Leo Kaki, but I didn't know where to start. And so I found that book, and I started learning that, and then that led me back to the to the um, um, the ragtime players of of the 20s and 30s, like uh, Reverend Gary Davis and Blind Blake and Blind Lemon Jefferson and all those guys. And then, then that pushed me up to Chet Atkins and Jerry Reed, which came from Merle Travis and Mose Rager and all the Kentucky finger pickers. They were borrowing stuff from those blues well, and, uh, guys. Uh, what was the, the guy that was on Hee Haw? The two guys, um, Roy Clark. Roy Clark, Roy Clark and um, what's the other guy's name? Played the red, white, and blue guitar. Buck Owens. Buck Owens. Yeah, because those guys at every show would have this little thing at the end of it. You yeah, know. but that but and they the, weren't really finger pickers per yeah, se. Yeah. But like they were in that same vein of music. Right. You know, yeah. uh, that same era, and they came through it and kind of like you know were influencing uh, everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, the same way that Adkins and Reed were. Yeah. Um, 
it's interesting how like a lot of that leaked into like the really popular rock music as well because um, you, you know um, some of the bands the southern rock bands to me like just like totally or like in you know when you hear Skinner play if you don't know that those guys used to listen to stuff like Jerry Reed before that and Chet Adkins and Bill Monroe right <laughs> I mean it's obvious like way obvious especially if you start playing some of their songs and underneath it it's you know the mm -hmm. same riffs they just you know put some fancy yeah. electric guitars on top of it <laughs> um, so as you started uh, getting out and playing stuff, what, what do you feel like, uh, you know, how, how long have you been playing like live shows and things around, I oh, mean, just I, since the mid 80s or? Yeah, uh, early 80s is, I mean, yeah. Uh, but I quit for a long time too. Yeah. yeah. But I, I started out in the 80s. Playing, so. And then. Then I were you in groups back then, or were you uh, no, no, I, like no. I know that right now you have CPR, which is not a band, but really it's a band. kind of a group. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're traveling singers, songwriters, and storytellers in the round. Right. But it's easier to say we ain't a band. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's what I mean. You kind of play as a group, right. but you don't really play as a right. band. Right. Um, do you uh, have you ever been like in a, a band together with people? Just or? just the the Wearboys. Yeah, all oh, from the uh, doing random the band random band challenge, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's the only time I was in a band, and and it was a blast. I had a great time with those guys. Uh, do you yeah. think about doing another band? Um, um, I don't know. I mean, if it hap if it, something comes along, but no, I'm not actively looking for it or any of that. Yeah, no. I'm just a porch picker, you know. I, so, you know, around town right now in Indy here, you're uh, kind of the uh, purveyor of the most popular open mic series, which is a, the Square Cap Vinyl yeah, Store in Fountain yeah. Square. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how, how, did that, how did that come about? What, what you know, and, and how did you parlay it into what it is, which is kind I, of amazing? I, I, mean, I, I, <laughs> I don't take any credit for it. Um, Mike Angel came up with the, the whole idea. He said, here's how I want to do it, and do you want to host it? And I said, sure. And all I, I mean, you see what I do. I go up there, I read names, introduce well, people. Well, and you tell some jokes. And I tell some jokes, yeah. You know, we have to have a joke. What, 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 do, you, what do you got on you today? What's a, what's a lethal Chris Wolf joke? <laughs> oh, we, my God. <laughs> before we get you to play. Um, the latest one I've heard, uh -huh. it's a little bit long. My That's wife's okay. over there shaking her head, don't tell it. <laughs> <laughs> I asked for it. How long is it? <clears throat> I'll, I'll make it quick. <clears throat> Guy has headaches for years and years. He goes to the doctor. Doctor checks him out, runs a bunch of tests, comes back, and he says to the man, the only thing I can find is that it seems your testicles are pressing too hard against the base of your spine, and it's causing these massive headaches. And the only way I can see to fix it is we got to take them off. And he said, I can't live with this pain any longer. He goes through the surgery. He gets out of the hospital and he's walking down the street contemplating his new role in life without his boys. And he's walking by a men's shop and he thinks, a new suit, that'll do the trick. So he goes in and he tells the guy, I want a new suit. And the tailor says, okay, you look like a 42 long. He goes, how do you know that? He goes, I've been doing this 50 years. It's what I do. He brings out a 42 long. Guy puts it on, it fits perfect. 
And, and he thinks, you know what? A new shirt would look good with this new suit. So he tells the tailor, I think I'd like a shirt. And he goes, okay, a 38, 16 and a half neck. The guy goes, exactly. <laughs> so he puts on the new shirt, puts his jacket back on. He's looking at himself in the mirror. And he goes, I probably ought to get some new underwear too. And so the tailor goes, 36. And he goes, ah, you got me there. I, I've been 32 since I was 18 years old. Taylor says, there's no way you wear 32 underwear. If you did, it would press your testicles so hard against the base of your spine, you'd have one hell of a headache right now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Definitely vintage, Chris Wolf. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I'm looking forward to you playing some songs for us today. Are you, uh, are you hyped? Sure. sure. All right. Yeah. Well, let's do it. We'll be right back. We're going to have some music from Chris Wolf on Moonshine of Music. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Sure, man. Okay, this is, uh, we talked about this one. This is the first song I ever wrote called The Critter Song. In the woods, that moonshine was tasting good And I accidentally spilled some on the ground Just then a squirrel ran down a tree Took a taste, he looked at me And I told him as his head spun around That's some mighty powerful stuff you're drinking Bound to change your way of thinking Mighty powerful jug of Mountain Dew that's some mighty powerful stuff you're drinking. Raise your hair, make your eyes start blinking. Strongest of I've had since 62. At least that's what I think now. How about you? Well, that little squirrel did figure eights. And I sat back and had a taste. And as I drank, my ears blew out some steam. Then finally he slowed his pace, a smile grew upon his face and he winked at me as he began to sing. That's some mighty powerful stuff you're drinking, bound to change your way of thinking, mighty powerful jug of Mountain Dew. That's some mighty powerful stuff you're drinking, raise your hair, make your eyes start blinking, strongest of I've had since 62. At least that's what I think about you. Now the jaw-dropping guitar solo. sat on our butts we told some jokes and ate some nuts and passed that jug of mash till it was gone by then we thought we had enough cause standing up was mighty tough but before we left we had to sing this song that's some mighty powerful stuff you're drinking bound to change your way of thinking mighty powerful jug of mountain dew that's some mighty powerful stuff you're drinking Raise your hair, make your eyes start blinking Strongest of I've had since 62 
least that's what we think. How about you? So, uh, let's tell a little story about where this one came from. My wife was a kindergarten teacher for 23 years, and she's been a nanny for the last nine years. And she said, you write all these songs, but you've never written a children's song. Why not? And I had no answer for her. So I sat down and I did write a, a children's song. But I'm not sure it's what she was looking for. <laughs> children got a tale to tell gather around me closely so you can hear me well you only get one childhood enjoy it while you can and try to stay away from the man in the windowless van now he might have a puppy or a great big candy bar He might offer you a ride So you don't have to walk too far He might say he's a dear old friend Of your mom and dad You might think he's a real nice guy But he's not He's bad He's the bad, bad man In the windowless van Hanging out at the park Better beware if you can Especially after dark you can be nice to everyone you meet I really think you should But the bad, bad man in the windowless van He's up to no good Sing along with the bouncing ball, boys and girls Now, I'm not trying to scare you Not trying to cause alarm But I'm just looking out for you Trying to keep you away from harm Better safe than sorry Cause you just never know But it looks like everything's okay Let's get in my van and go There's a bad, bad man in a windowless van Hanging out at the park Better beware if you can Especially after dark You can be nice to everyone you meet I really think you should But the bad, bad man in the windowless van He's up to no good Bad, bad man in the windowless van He's up to no good <laughs> And that was my little children's song It's not what she was looking for I should do a serious song. This. Pardon me. Okay. Well, this was a longer one here. Um, this is an idea that that um, I told my wife about. I've got this idea for a song, and just kind of a just a short outline of it, and uh, and then it just I just you know put it in my back pocket and forgot about it for a few years, two or three years probably. And then one day it just all 
I don't know how, how it happened, but it all just wrote itself in one afternoon. People ask me if it's a true story, and I told that it probably is. She loses track, she can't remember when she started working at Harry's Diner. Seems she's always been, and when she adds it up, that's when it all sinks in. See, she was 17, and he was 23. He said, don't you worry, baby, you can count on me. Well, I'll do the right thing We'll be a family But he couldn't hold down a job He's out drinking every night And when he did come home He'd always start a fight So when he left for good She thought everything would be all right job came in handy because jobs were hard to find and if you're a single mom they know you're the working kind she raised her boy in that corner booth and Harry he didn't mind and sometimes life it ain't so easy you do the best that you can do might be planning for the future, but the future might have other plans for you. With a worried look, not as old as she appears. And he's a good kid, smart enough to know she's hiding all her fears. So he hugs her and he holds on tight. Try to keep away all her tears. And he works around the diner trying to help his mama out. When he got old enough, got a paper route. And when he turned 17, he said, Hey, Ma. Got it all figured out. He came up with this idea after the 4th of July parade. He said, I'm gonna join the service, Ma, and I'll learn to trade. And when I get out, I'll get a good job, and then we'll have it made. His squad was in that chopper, got hit by an RPG. Now his picture hangs in that corner booth for everyone to see. She clocks in for another double. She's got nowhere else to be. And sometimes life, it ain't so easy. You do the best that you can do. You might be planning for the future. 
yeah, the future might have other plans for you. Sometimes she loses track She can't remember when She started working at Harry's Diner Seems she's always been And when she adds it up That's when it all sinks in Thanks <laughs> We have time for one more if you want Okay Um Well, this is a series about songwriters, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so let's um, play a, uh, I got asked to play the 100th birthday of Woody Guthrie, uh, celebration in Irvington a few years ago, seven or eight years ago, he would have turned 100. And um, so I thought, well, I better learn a Woody Guthrie song, but I, didn't, I don't translate Woody Guthrie very well. So I just thought, well, I'll write my own. And I always liked the talking blues style, you know, that Woody and others made popular. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll write a talking blues. And for the Woody Guthrie Festival, I think Woody would appreciate somebody writing one for him, you know. So uh, I did, and this is what came out. Forget how it starts. <laughs> there it goes. I just wanna play guitar, you know I'm never gonna be a star. Singing my songs, paying my dues, got them old talking singer songwriters blues. Set out to learn guitar I never did figure I'd get too far Just want to learn Play a few songs And maybe my friends Might sing along Round campfire Saturday night With some cold beer Or wine Or whatever taught me my first chord I played that thing till my fingers were sore I played so much that I thought I'd cry he said it was a D but he didn't say why this here's a D I still don't know why just kept playing it over and over and over and over Till he showed me a G. Well, my collection of chords grew to three, and I thought it sounded like a symphony, and I thought maybe I could be the next king. Till it came time to play and sing, sing, sing. Not so easy, kind of difficult, a little awkward, but I get the hang of it eventually. Uh -huh. 
I just wanna play guitar. No, I'm never gonna be a star. Sing my song, pay my dues. Got them old talking singer songwriters blues. Well, I sit out, learn all the hits by Bob Dylan, Jimmy Buffett, John Denver, Mellon Camp, Neil Young, Super Tramp. Woody Guthrie, Johnny Cash, Leonard. Uh, Some of them thoughts I had moving around so they'd all rhyme made it work most of the days that I was trying to rhyme that stuff. Not all the time. Could I make it rhyme? But that's just fine. It's called art. Soon I had a whole stack of songs and some you could even sing along or clap your hands, tap your feet, but buy my record so I can eat ramen noodles or spaghettios or a ketchup sandwich. I just wanna play guitar, you know I'm never gonna be a star. Singing my songs, paying my dues, got them old talking singer songwriters blues. Well, I thought I could be a local star, so I went down to the local bar, asked the owner if I could play, and he said that'd be okay. But bring a PA. Oh, and by the way, can't afford to pay. It'd be great exposure. I told him I got an uncle got arrested for exposure. Well, I load in the PA microphone stand. Glad it's just me and not a whole damn band. He said to play way over there, and he said, by the way, did you bring your own chair? He said it gets crowded. And the chairs? They're paying customers and they charge me for my beer. But I was playing my songs, I was so proud. Somebody said it was way too loud. He said, Turn it down so the game can be heard. And then some idiot yells out, Freebird! Ha! Freebird. That one never gets old. There's your free bird. I just wanna play guitar. You know I'm never gonna be a star. Sing my songs, pay my dues. Got the boat talk singer songwriters blues. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me, Joe. Moonshine and Music is a presentation of Not Less Entertainment. Copyright 2018, all rights reserved. Our producer for today's show was Joe Shelton. Our cameraman grip and stunt double was Brent Lee Smith. And also helping out on cameras, setup, and all sorts of other things, Bailey Shelton. Thank you for joining us, and join us next week on Sunday for Moonshine and Music. <laughs>